Heavenly merciful Father, before the foundations of the earth, we are told that you began a plan to save your people, to save a people who would reject you, a people who would forsake you, a people who would look to other things to glorify. And Father, that night, that plan culminated this weekend, 2,000 years ago. But we celebrate it still, and we will celebrate it forever. But tonight I pray for fresh eyes. I pray for fresh spirits. I pray for new knowledge and understanding. But I pray that you mainly will reach down into our souls and remind us again of the glory that is the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. With rejoicing, but with great somberness, we remember your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer were burned at the stake for their faith in Oxford, England in 1555. They were tied side by side, and when the fire was lit, Latimer said to his friend, Be of good cheer, Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day, by God's grace, light up such a candle in England as I trust will never be put out. Around the same time, John Bradford was burned at the stake with John Leaf. As the executioners began to light the base of the fire, Bradford said to Leaf, Be of comfort, my brother, for we will have a merry supper with the Lord tonight. We are told that Bradford and Latimer raised their hands and prayed as they burned. Now contrast this with the account of Jesus Christ on the cross in Matthew 27, 45. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, the Greek where we get that phrase, with a loud voice, means something like to shout with unusually loud volume. And so as those men burned, they rejoiced. As Jesus died, he screamed. Why? What happened there? What happened in those hours on that cross that would make the eternal Son of God cry out from the depths of his body and soul? I want to meditate on that just for a few minutes tonight by using three words from his phrase. Why, my, and me. First, the why. The why. Why did Jesus die? Why? Matthew 27, 46, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In some ways, you could look at this and say that Jesus was caught off guard, that he is surprised at what has happened to him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is as though he did not see this coming. Someone get me off of this tree. 
And yet Jesus is quoting something. He's not just thinking of the first Bible verse that he could. These are just words that he made up on the spot. This is quoting Psalm 22. The first words of Psalm 22 are, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now this text was written by David, Psalm 22. But we know that it was not ultimately about David. It is not ultimately about us and our sufferings. It was written to predict the sufferings of Christ. And so Jesus quotes this passage because it is about him. My God, my God, why? Jesus knew what he was doing. He had told the disciples over and over. He had come to the earth to die. Now, why subject himself to this? Executions, we know, are the highest executions of justice. Whether or not you agree with their use, executions are meant to dispense justice, to punish the worst wrongdoing. And so Jesus was hanged on that cross, he was hung on the cross as a criminal. One that who one who had done the worst things, or so people were told. He was hanging there, a man receiving the harshest execution of justice. So what crime did he commit? Why was Jesus killed on that day? Well, you have to take my word for it. But he had committed no crime. The trial that he had been put through was a sham. There was no justice in his criminal proceedings. Pilate, the Roman governor, even declared his innocence before the mobs of people. So he committed no crime, but his innocence went far beyond this. Not only had Jesus not committed any crime, he had never sinned. Hear that again. In his 33 years, his 12,000 days, his 289,000 hours, his 17 million minutes, and his 1 billion seconds, in all of that time, he had never sinned against God or against humans. And so he, on the cross, was a spotless lamb, cleaner, purer, purer, and holier than the most innocent infant. And yet Jesus allowed him to be nailed to the cross anyway. Why would he hang there as a criminal, as the worst criminal? We know that in Matthew 7, 45, that darkness had taken over the whole land. This was in the middle of the day. Jesus was hanging in the sun, but then darkness came over the land. It swept over complete darkness in the middle of the day. And this is very important because darkness signifies something important. It signifies judgment. It signifies judgment. The judgment of God against the guilt of the world. And so we learn in Amos 8 this. And on that day, declares the Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. In that hour on the cross, Jesus came down, or sorry, on that cross, came down on Jesus the comprehensive, unmitigated, infinite justice of God. 
but not just to punish, but not to punish Jesus' crimes and sins. He had committed no sin. He had committed no crime. He took the punishment for our sins. Our sins, the little sins, the big sins, the sins that we have kept secret, the sins everyone can see. This evening, when we are here looking at the cross of Christ, we must see it first as a mirror. It is meant to make us look inward, to consider our hearts. Think about your life and thoughts, your good works and bad. In light of the cross, who are you? And now I cannot convince you in a few minutes that you are guilty before God, that you are condemned by your sins, but perhaps you already know it. You feel it, shame, guilt, judgment. The Bible says that we have incurred wages for our sin, a debt that we have taken on ourselves, a weight that we cannot remove. Tim Keller put it this way, the wages of sin in this life is a tortured conscience, broken relationships, psychological emptiness, and fragmentation. Now that guilt, what happens inside of us, not always, but from time to time, is a pointer. A harbinger. The reason that we feel guilty is because we are guilty. We feel shame because we have built up this incredible debt within our hearts and before God that no amount of therapy or drugs can fix. It is not imagined. It is not a psychological condition. It points to the truth that we are, in fact, guilty. And friends, before an infinitely holy God, we are therefore infinitely guilty. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah 59.2, But your iniquities, your sins, have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. And Romans 6.23, And the wages sin is death, eternal death, infinite death. What we deserve is what Jesus accepted into himself. When I look at the cross again, I want you to see that the cross stands, stands empty. Every time you look at the cross, I want you to see that you are not there. You have not paid your penalty. And if you trust on Christ, you will never pay. Jesus died an infinite death to pay for our infinite sin. John Stott, the great English preacher, says it this way. Every time we look at the cross, Christ seems to say to us, I am here because of you. It is your sin I am bearing. Your curse I am suffering, your debt I am paying, your death I am dying. Why did Jesus die? For our infinite sin. Look at the word my, the word my. Matthew 27, 46, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was enduring the worst form of execution ever, that had ever been invented. On top of this, he had had a crown of thorns pressed into his head. His body had been opened up by a whip, a cat of nine tails. 
The Roman soldiers were mocking him relentlessly. And yet despite all of this, what does Jesus cry out? He does not cry out, my head, my head, or my hands, my hands. He cries out, my God, my God. And when he does that, he is explaining his suffering. The focus of his suffering is not physical. The epicenter of his pain is not in his body. It goes far beyond this. And you can look at it by seeing that word forsaken. My God, why have you forsaken me? Of course, you know the word forsaken means to abandon someone. It means to completely reject and turn away from someone. And so Jesus, at some level, in some way, is being rejected. By whom? By his Father. My God. My God. The only time that he ever refers to him not as father, but as deity. Now, I have been rejected in my life. I'm sure you have. It always hurts. It changes you. It affects your psyche, your body, your heart. You never forget it. I spoke to someone who had been rejected by their husband, and they said it would hurt less. And they died. My God, my God. Jesus is not complaining. He is not express, expressing displeasure at his physical pain. What makes the death of Christ so cosmically awful was that at that moment, it felt as though the Father was rejecting him. The wrath heaped upon Jesus would have felt like an infinite loss of love and connection. I'm not saying that he was disconnected from God. But in that moment, it would have felt that way. Why have you forsaken me? Robert Murray McShane said this. Jesus was without any comforts of God, no feeling that God loved him. God was his son before. Now that son became all darkness. He was without a God. He was, it was, he was as if he had no God. All that God had been to him before was taken from him now. The ocean of Christ's sufferings is unfathomable. It had to be this way. To pay for our infinite sin, Jesus had to suffer infinitely. To stand in our place and take the infinite justice of God, he had to suffer an infinite hell. We will never understand it. Thanks be to God, we will never understand it. My God, my God the infinite sufferings of Christ. Last, the word me. Last, the word me. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? The word me is simply the word ego, and I'm sure you've heard that word before in psychology. It's the Greek word ego, I, me. So Jesus is speaking about himself. In any other context, it would be just a throwaway phrase. Incredibly simple word. And yet in this case, it is perhaps the profoundest thing ever said. For what Jesus is saying is that he died because he had to. And he died because he was glad to. From the cross, Jesus says to me and to you, me, I did it. It was necessary for two reasons. First, Jesus died because he had to. He had to. Remember the other two men on Jesus' side. 
They are being crucified just like he is. But they are not taking, they're not bearing the very wrath of God. Only Jesus could have done that. Understand that. Only Jesus could have borne the wrath of God. He, the sinless one, that walked in our shoes and did not commit any sin. He lived the life that we should have lived. And then he died the death we should have died. He is the one who walked as one of us. The one who loved and honored and obeyed God perfectly. He was the one who could stand in our place. This is the essence of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest reversal. John Sadegan says it perfectly. For the essence of sin is us substituting ourselves for God. While the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for us. We assert ourselves against God and put ourselves where only God deserves to be. God sacrifices himself for us and puts him where only we deserve to be. And so as we look to the cross tonight, we must feel the weight of it. We cannot and could not on our own save ourselves. Apart from the crucified Christ, you are helpless, completely vulnerable, and condemned. Jesus died for you because he had to. Second and last, Jesus died because he was glad to. On May 31st, 1985, David Koster was umpiring a Little League baseball game in Pennsylvania, USA. But when a storm rolled in, only David could see that it was developing, developing into a tornado. David flew into action. He began warning the 40 people that were at the game and then grabbed two, two children who were running alone. He put the 40 people, or he, he began warning everyone, and he grabbed the kids, and he put them in his SUV, and he drove away from the violently swirling winds as quickly as he could. But then he realized that they would be overtaken. And so he got them all out, threw the children into a ditch, and then he covered them over with his body. As the tornado passed over, David Kostra was torn away and killed, but the two children were saved. One of the children who was alive just a few years ago, at least, is named Keith Scott. And 30 years later, he still wondered about that day. He said, I don't understand why he made that decision. He gave up his life for me and for her. Why did Jesus die? We know why. We know why Jesus died for us. It is because he loves us. He bore infinite punishment. He bore the wrath of God because it was his, hap his highest happiness to save us. Ephesians 5.2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Here is the truth that must continually change you. It must slay you and raise you. It must send you out. The cross stands as a reminder of our infinite sin, but also of his infinite love. The love of Jesus pours over us to heal us and fill us and save us. And it is this love that will send us even un 
to death, even unto our deaths, however they may come, with shouts of joy. If you have not trusted on Christ, do it tonight. If you have, remember his death afresh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am thankful for these men and women and children who have come to remember your sacrifice. Attend to each one of them tonight as they go to sleep, as they wake in the morning. May we go into tomorrow, into Saturday, with the same thoughts and and feelings, the same fears as the disciples. Will he rise again? But then help us to remember that yes, you will. The end of Psalm 22, the one you quoted, O Lord, ends in victory over death once and for all. May you be exalted in our hearts, in our minds. May the world come to know this cross and may they trust it. In Jesus' name, amen.